The new year is the perfect time to start building credit scores. Because when your credit scores increase, your opportunities do too. Like loan approvals and lower interest rates. Chime makes it easier to keep building your credit with a secured Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card. You can use Credit Builder everywhere Visa credit cards are accepted. Chime helps you build your credit score safely by using your own money to make everyday purchases and on-time payments. To apply, just open a Chime checking account with a $200 qualifying direct deposit. And don't stress, there's no annual fee or credit check required to apply and get started. Start building your credit history and finding new opportunities with the secured Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card. Get started today at Chime.com build. That's Chime.com build. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Late payment may negatively impact your credit score. Results may vary. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right, welcome back in Starting 502 Podcast. Jacob Lane, Jake Hook. It's the Jacob Show today. Filling in for Press Meyer, who is out uh, with the vid. So best of best of luck, best of health to our guy there. Not the, the best way to start 2024, but here we are. Jake, how we doing, man? It's great to, to be here with you. This is our first time doing a show together. I know, Jake Squared. It feels right. That's right. Uh, That's what everybody always says when there's two Jacobs in the room. Oh yeah, I'm I'm doing all right. Kind of forgot Louisville had a basketball team for a while, and it was it was kind of nice to have a have a reprieve for a few days. Uh, get into the new year, watch the football team. Granted, it didn't go great, but uh, I'm excited, uh, nervous, scared as always. Feel like I want to puke every time I watch this play, but I'm excited. See if uh, see if we can maybe turn this thing around a little bit in the second half of the season. I don't know. Emphasis on maybe. Probably big maybe, not. Big maybe. Yeah, exactly. Big maybes around here. Well, that's great, man. Did you have a nice holiday? I know we're coming off of Christmas and New Year's. Anything exciting in your world? Uh, got a new driver. Got a Titleist Max D. Uh, okay. My girlfriend for Christmas. So that's awesome, but also sucks because it's 21 degrees outside right now and uh, not golf weather, but 
it'll be there for me in the spring. So I'm excited about that. Just came back from Cincinnati from uh, New Year's. What about you? Yeah, man, everything has been great. I've got two kids that are here, six and two years old. So my holiday season has mostly revolved around chasing them as they've both been here at all hours of the day, uh, which is a major <laughs> difference from when they are in daycare and in school. One's in mm -hmm. kindergarten, one's in, in uh, daycare. So it's been it's been great when they have not been here or when they have been sleeping. I've also been sleeping. So I'm, I feel very <laughs> well rested, uh, ready to be let down again, though, by Louisville basketball as we head into the new year. These like last 15 days off, man, it feels like the weirdest, the weirdest kind of break I've ever seen in a Louisville basketball schedule. I know they do this a lot of the times, but they haven't played in what, like 12 days, 10 days, something yeah. like that. I mean, it's been it's, a grip, man. It's been a while. I mean, it feels like I went to the King of the Bluegrass tournament and we were all talking about how we expected Kenny Payne to be let go, all these things. And that Jesus, that feels like three. I mean, that was two holidays ago. I've had a Christmas and a new year since then. That's right, man. The whole world has changed since the last time that's happened. And, and that's a great kind of segue into tonight's show, uh, which is presented by Mr. and Mrs. Bourbon Company, the official bourbon of Russ Smith, former Louisville Cardinal. Uh, that jersey is uh, hanging in the rafters there, number two. And he is now doing his thing in the bourbon industry, shaking things up and really making a name for himself with Mr. and Mrs. Bourbon Company. The great thing about them is you can now purchase the, the bourbons online, which is a huge deal for those who don't want to go out and fight traffic and go to the liquor store, or maybe it's not in your area. So check out sealbox.com. We'll tweet out the link with the show, but uh, you can order four of those bottles there and uh, get it shipped directly to your door. But what, we're going to get into the UK recap tonight uh, and just discuss briefly how things went. Uh, when the when the cats came to town uh, shortly after Christmas, and then also dive into the decision of U of L officially kind of putting some uh, officiality to it. I don't even know if that's a word, but putting some uh, a statement from Josh Hurd via WDRB and Eric Crawford out there regarding the status of Kenny Payne. Uh, Jake, as you mentioned, there was a lot of kind of rumors and a lot of internet noise about Kenny being done after the Bellarmine game and Kenny being done after the Pepperdine game and then after the Kentucky game, and it really did think it made a lot of sense on paper to to move on with this break but uh you know that's there's a bigger discussion to to have there so we'll get into all of that as well as uh preview conference play which really gets underway officially on Wednesday night as Louisville uh travels to Virginia um an interesting basketball team an interesting basketball game unfortunately Virginia is going to be uh wide awake if you will uh after a loss a blowout loss to Notre Dame which we'll, we'll get into all of that because I think there's some nuggets from that game that really are I don't want to say condemning of Kenny Payne but really just kind of paint the picture of where we are with Louisville basketball but Jake let's let's just dive right into the UK game and and I don't want to spend too much time on this because it has been so long ago that this game actually took place but you can't talk about keeping Kenny Payne in that conversation without getting into this one uh the final score of that one 95 to 76 probably could have been a lot worse seemed like Kentucky kind of pulled the dogs off late but um you start the game Really competitively, you really kind of see this energy, this life in Louisville. You say, okay, most likely this isn't sustainable because when has it ever been in the Kenny Payne era, right? You think of the Indianas and the Texases and the uh, the Cincinnati last year and Maui and all these games, right, where they've been competitive but can't hold it together. And then sh sure enough, they start to kind of fall apart. But there was some exciting things at the beginning of that game, particularly Brandon Huntley-Hatfield that kind of stood out. What were your thoughts just about – how things went and the overall kind of hoopla around this game and and what kind of played out yeah that final score is news to me I, I watched us we were at five to zero and then I decided to turn the tv off so I just assumed that we had won a hundred to zero stop the count man that's what they say <laughs> I wish they would but man I mean 
like you said, competitive early on. Like we've seen, we know that this team in spurts can compete with some of the best teams, but there's just not enough consistency throughout the game to be able to hang with teams like Kentucky. I mean, bright spot, Grant Huntley Hatfield, eight for eight, 16 points, 11 rebounds, played like the dude that we know he can when he puts his effort in fully. So, I mean, that was nice to see, but uh, outside of that, not a lot of bright spots. I mean, early on, thought we had a bit of a chance, but then game gets away. Guys start shooting bad shots. The defense is just – that was really the biggest thing. I mean, it's the defense. Can We just don't move as a defensive unit well enough to be able to play against a team like Kentucky when they've got five shooters or at least four shooters on the floor at all time. All they have to do is get penetration, one kick, one swing, wide open three. I mean, I don't even know how many threes they hit. It, it, it felt like 20. I know it probably wasn't, but it felt like 20. I think they hit 12, but it – it easily, it easily felt like even more. And Jesus Christ, Reeves made us, <laughs> made us his B word. Went yeah. for thirty on us. So uh, that one, that kind of shocked me. I mean, I know Reeves is a solid player, but he played really, really well. Shot really, really well. Trey Mitchell, Justin Edwards, DJ Wagner. I mean, Rob Dillingham, Reed Shepard. They all came out and played. I mean, really, Louisville to me. Brandon Huntley Hatfield played well. Manny. Gave us energy like he always does. But, I mean, besides that, Sky turned the ball over, took some bad shots. Ty Lord, did, I think he scored two points, didn't really affect the game as much as I had hoped that he would. So, um, obviously disappointing, but kind of expected. I didn't think we'd give up nearly 100, but I knew it'd be a lot. Yeah, I, you know, one of the things that really was frustrating as the game started to separate itself uh, in terms of Kentucky kind of taking over was the the ability of Kentucky to get down court at about two dribbles and a pass to a wide open three. I mean, you saw time and time again that Louisville would move the ball, really kind of get a good look. The rebound would blank off, right? And UK grabs it and boom, they're off and running. UofL, no transition defense. Nobody knows where their man's at. No one really knows what they're doing. And then you find, you know, read, read uh uh, Rob Dillingham gets the ball on the wing, kicks it to the corner. Boom. Antonio Reeves wide open for a three or Trey Mitchell wide open. in the, after the, you know, the pass from the, the wing inside, it was really frustrating, but I, you know, I like you was impressed with the eight for eight performance of Brandon Huntley Hatfield, 16 and 11. This man is really preparing to set himself up uh, for portal season pretty nicely. If this two time <laughs> transfer thing continues to go through, I mean, in all actuality, he's developing into Louisville's kind of, dog offensively and the guy that you can rely on the most which is really interesting uh overall another note i just want to point out here the bench and the rotations man i i'm not sure what the plan was here i'm really not when you look at this you had two guys play more than 10 minutes off the bench curtis way 22 minutes and you see glimpses of kind of some really special basketball with Curtis Williams, like once a game, right? Like the ability to hit the dribble at, to pull up off a dribble and hit a jumper as a freshman. You don't see that a ton. Uh, so it's nice to see it when he does, but uh, the other guys played six minutes, uh, Jovanovic and Emmanuel Okorafor, everybody else, just a, a single one minute for a participation stat. Uh, it's hey, it's D- just, D-Lo finally scored. He finally That's scored. right, man. No more cardio, <laughs> right? I've been saying all year that the dude just goes out there and gets in his cardio when he does get to play. Uh, and it makes you wonder what the hell they were doing with the scholarships. But, yeah, I, I don't know, man. The bench here, when you have a team like Kentucky that's bringing Reed Shepard, Rob Dillingham, uh, you know, um, Agneso, and, you know, some of these other guys, uh, Thierro off the bench. I mean, it's just – it's it's a contrast of where Louisville is compared to where Kentucky is as a, as a program, what Louisville desperately has to do to this roster. Uh, but, you know, 
it's what we expected. I don't think there's anything here that we didn't see coming. Uh, and it's unfortunate getting the big blue chance in the Yum Center, man. Like, mm-hmm. really just a sign of how far things have fallen the last two years. It's a uh, it's it's disheartening. Yeah, I don't really know what the rotation is. I don't I don't think Kenny does either. I think it's throw him out there, see if see if I like the minutes that he's playing. If I do, he'll get fifteen. If I don't, he gets six minutes. There's like no consistency there whatsoever. I like Curtis. I think he if he stays with the little program, I don't know how many of these players are going to be around for the long term with what's inevitably going to happen with a coaching change. But I mean, he's got potential. I mean, by sophomore year, junior year, if he puts together a little bit more ball handling, playmaking, an ability to play defense. I mean, the shots there. He's a he's a bona fide shot maker. So love to see that. Caleb Glenn, I thought played well. I mean, he always plays hard, always hustles. But yeah, I don't know. Nothing. I oh, I held out hope that it would be a more competitive game. But I think last time me and Press were on here, I think I predicted us to lose by eighteen. I think we lost by nineteen. So not too shocking, honestly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you look. You got to say, you know, if you're looking for one big positive, which there's really not any outside of Brennan and Huntley Hatfield. I will say the first four or five minutes of the game, the pick and roll action with Tyler Johnson attacking downhill and distributing the ball. I mean, I think he had three assists on the first four possessions or something like that. Like, that's what they desperately need. I really like the, the starting five that they rolled out. There's no real rim protection, though, which is starting to become a glaring issue with this team with Dennis Evans being out, which not that he was really providing much of – he definitely isn't taking up space. Like, you know, sometimes you say you put a guy out there just to take space up. It's not what Dennis Evans is doing. But you need rim protection on this team. Like, they desperately need somebody who can guard the paint a little bit more aggressively uh, because they were they were just utterly owned. But regardless – like I said, Jake, it's kind of what we expected here. Let's let's kind of close the book on Kentucky. Let's talk about Kenny Payne because we all sort of expected or felt like maybe after this game that this would be it for him and that Louisville would move on with this big, you know, wide open kind of gap in their schedule. And they they didn't and they chose not to. There's a number of factors and obviously we're not going to really ever know what they are. But that $8 million buyout that Louisville is staring at with some of the financial issues that they have going on as an athletic department probably kind of are a big part of it. The other part of it is who are you going to make your interim, right? I mean, we I know you guys have talked on this show about Danny Manning. Pretty clear that Danny Manning wasn't interested in being an interim. I know there were some pro- reports of that early in the season from like the Truly Donovans of the world uh, and some of those coaching Twitter handles that, you know, get things right every once in a while. But Nolan Smith, you think that they would do that? But no, I mean, obviously they they decided that that's not the right move. Josh Jamison, not even, I'm not sure he even qualified to be an assistant basketball coach, let alone a head basketball coach. Um, And then there were rumors of some guys off the street. You know, there, you know, I can, David Pageant was a name that was thrown out there. Mark Lieberman was a name that was thrown out there. Um, I heard some rumblings about potentially a guy like Luke Hancock being involved in some kind of Jeff Saturday role. Um, so they definitely turned the stones over and explored, but whether it was the board, whether it was cold feet, whether whatever the deal was, Louisville decides not to move away from Kenny Payne with Josh Hurd making an official statement saying, Kenny and I have had a number of conversations throughout the last week, and Kenny is going to serve as our head coach as we move into the new year. Find it interesting, Jake, that he didn't say for the rest of the season. That's that's kind of that uh, read between the lines there. Uh, he continues on to say, and I'm going to do what I do with every one of our programs, which is evaluate what's happening throughout the season. So I'll, I'll just kind of get out of the way here after setting all that up and and hand over. What are your thoughts on the decision to keep Kenny Payne? And 
do you see any type of scenario uh, where Louisville and Kenny can kind of figure it out and Kenny remains the head coach of the program long-term? Yeah, I mean, I thought it seemed like it was lining up perfect with this 11, 10, 12-day break that we had afterwards, that if you're going to make a coaching change, it would come after that Kentucky game. You give whoever that next coach is enough time to bring in his system or change things around, whatever it is. I mean, I think that $8 million buyout is, it has to be the biggest deal. I mean, especially if you're looking to go get a new coach, whether that's Mick Crone and NATO, it's Eric Musselman, whoever it is, like you're going to have to pay money to get them from that team. So I guess if the board believes that saving that $8 million can help them get that next guy, then I mean, I'm okay with it. I don't really think bringing in, I think maybe like fan morale wise, it would have improved. Maybe you would have seen a few thousand more people come if a Luke Hancock or David Padgett on this is on the sidelines, a little bit more fan support. But I don't really think the the product on the field was going to improve or on the court was going to improve very much if you just completely break off the team, get a whole entire new coaching staff. And then if you do that, you probably also lose players as well who decide to transfer at the break. So I was kind of hopeful that we'd bring somebody new in or have one of the guys step in as an interim, whether it was Danny or Nolan. But I think at the end of the end of the day, the program probably made the right decision. This season's kind of lost as it is bringing in a Mark Lieberman or a David pageant isn't going to turn us into a tournament team. So, I mean, if we can save the money, ride it out for another three months, then, uh, then I think that's probably the best, best decision for the program is as much as it's going to stink over the next three months. Yeah, and I think, you know, with Kenny being a Louisville guy, an amicable split is kind of one thing that I think this university wants. And, you know, from what I had been like kind of hearing behind the scenes is that wasn't necessarily the case at this point, that there wasn't really any room to budge on that buyout. Maybe that changes as time goes on. And maybe not. I don't know. Maybe we're headed towards a kind of stare down situation. Maybe we can find a university who has money to come pay this $8 million buyout. Like, is there another basketball Cincinnati equivalent here? Like a, like a DePaul, <laughs> like somebody who just has stupid money that's willing to come and pay Kenny. But no, in all seriousness, um, I, I really am confused by a lot of things. I obviously, have been for two years now. Uh, welcome to the club. I think everyone sits in that same bus. But when you have a guy like Nolan Smith, right, who is young, up and coming, considered to be uh, one of the top names in college basketball as an assistant, whether that's true or not, depends on you know who you're talking to. Um, was interviewing for G League jobs, was potentially involved with the Temple job last offseason. If that's the case, you have any slight interest in seeing what's there, why would you not go to Nolan Smith as the interim? I, I, That, to me, kind of is a bigger issue here with this program. Nolan seems like the easy answer, and he's not willing to step in. Um, I think for his future employment, that's a bad look, like in terms of wanting to be a head coach, like if they're willing to move on from Kenny and Nolan isn't stepping in or isn't, you know, whatever the case is being given that opportunity. I think that's a really interesting kind of knock on his resume when this situation is so bad. Uh, but like you said, I think that what's firing Kenny do right now, besides maybe put a few more butts in seats, you know, um, I can tell you that what will also put a few more butts in seats is beating a Virginia, beating a Miami, beating a Pittsburgh, getting a couple wins under your belt in a row. Like Louisville fans want to come to basketball games, but they want to see them win first. You know what I mean? And I think that's something that maybe they get a couple of wins under their belt and that starts to happen organically rather than kind of forcing it with a coaching change. Um, are there any candidates out there that are really floating your boat these days? Like, is there a, is there a guy? I think that's kind of our big issue here is there's not a 
the guy like and I know it didn't work out, but Chris Mack was the guy like it was very apparent. Jeff Brom was the guy. Is there a this person here is the the number one like this is the fit right here? I mean, I would love like a Scott Drew. I think he makes so much sense. His buyout's not crazy. Coming from Baylor to Louisville is a natural upgrade. Facilities, attend well, not attendance right now. Attendance in the future when they're good. The recruiting ability, the money he can make there. I mean, I think that makes sense. And Scott Drew took a Baylor program that was last, second to last in the Big 12 every year. And they've won a national championship. They're now a perennial top 10 team every single year. So in my mind, he's a perfect fit. I don't know what that interest level is there because he's kind of got them rocking and rolling. They're always top 15 I think he's got a job at Baylor for the rest of his life as long as he wants it. So that would make sense to me. Um, I would love a Nate Oates. I love that style of play, that up and down, run and gun, spread it out, shoot threes, dunk the basketball, kind of the way the game is going. He recruits well. So, I mean, I think there are a couple of guys. I know a lot of people have spoken about Mick Cronin, which I think would be a fine hire. I would not be upset by that hire, but I know he's got a $24 million buyout. And if we're balking at the idea of spending $8 million to get rid of Kenny right now, I don't know where we're going to – who's going to step up and be like, yes, I'll, I'll get us $24 million. So I think to me, Scott Drew is my number one right now. But at this point, I'd be happy with anybody. Yeah, yeah. I definitely think that Scott Drew makes a lot of sense. And I think people will kind of say, like, why would he come to Louisville? But if you go back two years ago, Louisville talked to him or there was some interest there potentially between the two programs before – Louisville settled on Kenny Payne. And then last year he flirted with Georgia, which was really interesting. Ultimately they hired Mike white. Um, but that's not a job that you would necessarily think Scott drew would have any business leaving Baylor for, but yeah, he's a great hire. And really here's my thoughts on this. Okay. I think that the next hire has to check four boxes, four very specific boxes in terms of this candidate has to have at least three, if not all of them. Okay. Number one being, they have to have a splat. They have to be a splashy hire. They have to come with some form of name brand recognition, right? Louisville can't go out and hire a Pat Kelsey from Charleston right now. Like they're not in the position to do that. Is that a good hire? Potentially. Is Steve Forbes a good hire? Potentially. That's not the hire that Louisville wants from a fan base, right? So there needs to be that name brand recognition Two. They need to be a proven winner. This can't be a one and done type of thing, right? I think some of the concerns with Jerome Tang is he was only an assistant. He was an assistant for forever, has been a head coach for, what, three years, has one good team that he didn't necessarily recruit all of, and things kind of came together with that, that tournament run versus a guy like a Scott Drew who has a national championship, who has Final Four. What about a Jay Wright? All of those guys kind of fit that. The third being they've got to be affordable. Louisville is not paying a $24 million buyout. I would love to bring Mick Cronin back to Louisville, but uh, there's no chance that that's happening unless he's winning championships every year, right? Like you don't pay that buyout. You sink your program making that, that buyout payment. Uh, and then finally, the last one is, can they flip the team through the portal? Yeah, that's got to be just as much of a consideration as, as anything else, Jake. Can they flip the team in a one-year situation through the portal? I believe... This team is, if they can keep some of these pieces, this team can easily be built up to be a top 25 basketball team starting next season with the right, with the right coach who brings in guys from his own team and then some lower level, you know, non-power five, non-power school transfers via the portal. I think they can do that. So I need a coach who can check all four of those to me, Scott Drew, that's where it starts and that's where it ends. 
I am willing to entertain the idea of Chris Beard, but I need some very, I, I need some proof that that legal issue is that there was something there. There. Like that was it, you know, whatever the case is that shows he was innocent. Outside of that, I you cannot mess with that because you simply cannot afford to have that come back up in two or three years. So what do, what do you think about those four boxes? Do you think there is a hire out there that fits all four of those? Or do you think that Louisville is going to have to kind of sacrifice some of that to get the guy that they want in that position? I mean, like we both agreed to a great month. Think alike. I think Scott Drew meets all those boxes. Splashy hire for sure. Everyone who knows college basketball knows Scott Drew. I don't know what his buyout is, but I I know it's not twenty four million like Mick Cronin's is. Yeah, inability. He he's recruiting really well already. Transfer portal. I know he's not like as big into. He's not like an Eric Musselman or anything where he's ripping in eight new transfers every single season. But I mean, to me, I think that's the guy that checks all yeah. the boxes. He does well on the portal, man. Just looking at his roster right now, they have several guys that their their roster makeup is something that I think a Louisville fans like it would be really happy with is what Scott Drew does there, right? So he's got a guy like Jacoby Walter, who's a five-star guard, one of the best players in the Big 12 already as a freshman. Then he's got transfers in Ray J. Dennis, who came over from Toledo last year. Jalen Bridges has been there for a couple of years, but he played at West Virginia. Um, they have guys like Caleb Lawner who played at BYU that play these kind of secondary and tertiary roles. And then they have these hidden gems like uh, Yev's Missy is their starting center this year going to likely be a top 15 pick. I'd never heard of this dude before. I, I have, you know, I until just the last couple of weeks, but he's a double double on a nightly basis as a freshman, Jonathan Tachma Tachua. I, I am never going to pronounce that <laughs> right, but they, they have these guys who just like, it's like, just the roster is perfect and how it meshes and how they play his style. I think he is everything that Louisville fans want. If Jay Wright says no, I think you have to make that call. Do you agree? You have to make that call. I mean, you have to make the call. I, I think it's a, it's a dream that most likely will not come true, but I mean, you, you have to make the call. I think I was listening to Rutherford's radio show last week, two weeks ago. He also, he talked about Scott drew as one of the guys, Mick is one of the guys. And then he said that he had heard about an SEC coach. He, he wasn't specific on which SEC coach, but I mean, Chris Beard, Nato, Tarek Musselman, those would all be great hires. Chris Beard, obviously, pending some legal issues. I don't think you can take that black eye again with a program that's gotten in trouble three times in the past decade. You can't take that black eye. So unless he gets some clarity on his legal situation, I really don't think that's a that's a guy you can touch, but I mean a NATO to Scott Drew, someone someone like that, I think would, would be perfect. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I, I'm not a bit as big of a fan of NATO NATO. It's just specifically with how he kind of handled that situation last year. Um, mm -hmm. but you know, it's one of those things where if they're again, if you feel comfortable if the AD is making that higher, like a guy like Josh Hurd, we know the homework has been done and all of that's there. I think biggest thing is proven track record. And I think that'll make the fans happy, even if it's not a huge splash name. Yeah, I think ultimately they're going to end up with a pretty splashy hire, I would think. They're Louisville. That That's just mm – -hmm. I don't want to downplay that that part of it. Like, they are blue blood. They have a national championship in the last 10 years. The resources are there from an NIL standpoint, from a building standpoint, from a facility standpoint. They absolutely can get it rocking and rolling and go out and hire a big-name coach. I really do believe that. We'll be right back after this commercial break. As always, I am currently sipping on some Mr. and Mrs. Bourbon. Mr. and Mrs., as you might know, is the official brand of Louisville legend Russ Smith. 
But what you might not know is that Mr. and Mrs. is becoming a national and global brand, shaking things up in the bourbon industry. Like basketball, bourbon has long been a passion for Russ, dating back to his college days. He studied and learned under some of the more renowned master distillers in the area. Mr. and Mrs. is more than a passion project. It's the culmination of a decade of painstaking work. Mr. and Mrs. is for everyone, from a more traditional 90 proof to a cash strength that's smooth. Be among the first to try Mr. and Mrs., the official bourbon of the state of Louisville, and from the Pink Seeds podcast. On shelves anywhere you find your liquors or online at mrandmrsbourbon.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, let's talk about Virginia. This is not the game you want on your schedule after Kentucky. Thankfully, you have a uh, a break, but I'm not sure anyone here is confident that Louisville will be able to use that break in a way that prepares them for the pack line defense. Uh, that's what you get with, with Virginia. Not only that, but you get a pissed-off Virginia team that is coming off of a blowout, embarrassing loss to Notre Dame, 76-54 to just a couple of days ago. And, Jake, this is really interesting to me because Micah Shrewsbury is uh, the new head coach there, um, and they have talked a lot about Notre Dame being the Louisville of the ACC. And look at what he's done getting a, a sort of signature win two games into conference play. I mean, that's what Kenny's been – we've been waiting for. Like, how, why is it so difficult? It's been 40 games, and we're still waiting. It took him two. Literally took him two to get that signature win in the conference. It's just frustrating as hell. And when you talk about Virginia, you're going to get um, a lesser quality Virginia team than maybe you have in years past in terms of star power being at the top of the ACC. But you're going to get a team that's going to do the same damn shit that they've done every year, Jake. They're going to defend the hell out of the ball. They're going to play that annoying pack line defense. They're going to try to force Louisville to get uh, sat to be satisfied with deep three point shots, uh, turning the ball over, trying to make long court, you know, cross court passes, and then they're going to play sound basketball that where they don't turn the ball over, probably score fifty to fifty five points and call it a day. Uh, that's what they do. That's what they have always done. Uh, and this year they've got an interesting uh, set of characters. Uh, what, what just overall? What are your thoughts on Virginia basketball? Do you like that style of play, or does it, do you just hate like having to watch that? I hate having to watch it. I mean, good Lord, I'd be so happy to have the success that they've had at this point. But God, it is just a bleak, miserable watch every single game, 48 to 52. I mean, you're you're looking at like big 12 football teams that score more points than Virginia basketball does. I mean, it is – I hate playing them every single year, especially on the road. And my God, it's, this is going to be one of the least fun watches. They're – the exact same team they always are. Great defense, not going to turn the ball over. Like you said, they don't have the Kihei Clarks. They don't have that huge star power that they've had in the past. They've got Reese Beekman, who's, good Lord, feels like he's been there since 2012. Mm-hmm. He's their dude. He's their, He's the guy who stirs it. He's the straw that stirs the drink. He still can't shoot, but they've got a bunch of solid players. They just don't have those big stars like you're kind of used to seeing Virginia have. But they're still well coached. They've still got four or five dudes that can go and put up 10 to 12 points every single game. And that's all they need because you're only going to score 51 on them. So it's a, it's going to be a bleak one. It's going to be most likely a hard watch. Notre Dame, the reason they were able to 
be successful against Virginia is because they shot the hell out of the three. They shot they 48%. Sure they knocked down 11 threes. Unfortunately, that is not Louisville's MO. We hit five threes a game. We shoot less than 30%. And so that's kind of the recipe. That's the way to beat Virginia is to knock down threes, deeper threes, get them to extend that man-to-man a little bit. But I, we have not done that very well. And so to expect that on Wednesday's game is uh, would be stupid. Yeah, yeah. The, the the thing that's really interesting about this Virginia team, though, not that they've ever had like a necessarily imposing big man. It's been since uh, Diakite that they've really had somebody who can kind of uh, defend the paint. But they've had the you know the the Caden Shedrex and uh, Francisco Cafaros of the world the last couple of years. Uh, this year they don't have a big man. They play a very small group. Their their starting center is a small forward by nature of basketball positions. And that is Ryan Dunn. He's six eight. So Louisville will have a size advantage with Brandon Huntley Hatfield. So if you can knock down a couple of threes early, say you get one on the first couple of possessions like Notre Dame did, maybe you get the the alley oop bank shot that Notre Dame hit at the shot clock buzzer <laughs> to go up nine to nothing. Uh, you get those kind of you know shots under your belt, and then Virginia starts to kind of. Uh, tighten up and maybe then you can start getting the ball into Brandon Huntley Hatfield because he could control this game. I mean, there is no one who can guard him at all. He should theoretically be able to score 20 points and grab 10 rebounds in this game. Uh, But again, Virginia is Virginia. And what makes them so special this year, Jake, is they have and not special, but what makes them interesting is they have a lottery pick who does not have the ability to shoot the ball, which you say, wait, what? That doesn't make any sense, right? But what he is is a potential uh, defensive player all of, of the year in the ACC candidate. He is a potential future NBA defensive player of the year type of guy, and that is Ryan Dunn. Um, again, he's not going to wow you with numbers. I think he averages like eight points a game, something like that. I mean, he he shoots 19%. He hasn't hit his three <laughs> since since Thanksgiving. Um, but that, you know what that means? He's going to hit three or four this weekend or, or on Wednesday. He, he's, he's good. He's good for a three plus put that on your parlay. Yeah. Are, are, I was going to say, so is that who we're going with to be our sneaky shooter to show up? Remember last year it was Reese Beekman. He hadn't hit a shot in months from deep and came in. I think he hit like four or five threes. Uh, we've seen, you know, the, some of the, the, the wild just shenanigans of Virginia past. I'm going with either. Ryan Dunn showing up and going bananas or Jake Groves, who is the most Virginia looking Virginia <laughs> player you'll ever see. Are you going Ryan Dunn? If, if we're just putting some predictions here. Yeah. I mean, Ryan Dunn makes the most least sense possible. So of course, I mean, the, the real shooter they have, it's, it's Isaac McNeely, white kid, six, four puts up like 10, 11 points a game, but shoots 48% from three. I mean, that's really, Built that's like their weapon bus. right there. What do you say? I said he's built like a school bus. He's, he's, <laughs> he's, a, he's chubby built like a little fella. <laughs> yeah, for real, man. But he's out there stroking threes. Like he that's is. just he... as Virginia as it gets. They also have Andrew Road, who is a transfer, I believe, from St. Thomas, if I'm not mistaken, uh, or maybe Mary Mac. I can't remember. Uh, they have a couple of transfers that came from kind of smaller schools. I think Jordan Minor might be the one that's from Mary Mac. But they've got you know some guys that are veterans. They you know they don't the, the typical Virginia. They don't turn the ball over. They do all of that. Uh, so we we both kind of fully expect Louisville to walk out of here with an L. Uh, but shortly after that, Louisville will rebound, uh, no pun intended there, with another game against uh, in the ACC against Pittsburgh at home on Saturday, January 6th. Um, this one's also interesting because Pittsburgh's kind of, they're okay. 
but they're not, you know, world beaters. They've got a star freshman, again, probably going to be a lottery pick, and Carlton Carrington scored in double figures every game this year except for two. Uh, I think he leads the team in scoring. Maybe him and Blake Henson, who is a dynamic 3-4. They've got a couple of transfers in Ishmael Leggett, who played at Rhode Island, uh, as well as some some guys that are kind of emerging, including uh, Federico Federico, uh, the, Best name the in college basketball? Yeah, right. The, the name's so good, they named him twice. And then the the Diaz-Graham twin brothers. So, you know, Pittsburgh is another kind of interesting matchup because they're not great. You should be able to compete in this one. What are your thoughts on what the, what kind of happens at home on Saturday? Yeah, I think that's, that's a big one for us right there. I would love, would absolutely love for us to beat Virginia, but that seems very unlikely. Beating a team like Pittsburgh and getting some confidence in ACC play, not starting out 0-3 and losing to, I think, the second-to-worst team in the ACC probably, or that it's them or Notre Dame probably. We're we're holding down last place, but that's a game to me. I think it's the biggest one to show us how the rest of this year is going to go. If we can compete, if we can beat that, then maybe we can have a little bit of a happy ending. Not Not that happy, but... A little bit of happening. I think this is a big one, though, to show how the rest of this year is going to go. Because if you go and lose by 15 to Pittsburgh, then Jesus Christ, I, the next two and a half months after that are going to be extremely tough. Yeah, there's and that's this is where like Kenny may force Josh Hurd's hand. I mean, there's a chance theoretically, Jake, that Louisville could start 0-9 in conference play. It really would be 0-10 because they've already lost to Virginia Tech a couple weeks ago. But, I mean, they go Virginia, Pittsburgh, Miami, NC State, North Carolina, Wake Forest, who is actually pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you have Duke, Virginia again, and Clemson, also pretty damn good. Florida State ha- is down this year, but they have owned Louisville. Uh, and it, after that, I mean, there's a chance Louisville may not win a game in the conference like at all this year. I mean, they may be yeah. done at five wins, Jake. I mean, that's what we're talking about. And, I, you know, we talked again about this a few minutes ago. I just don't know. At some point, Josh Hurd has to be like, okay, it's not it, like the eight million is washed here. Like, we just got to do something because this is. Yeah. And I, th- I think that's why he was so nondescript with that uh, nondescript with that little wording of it. Kenny Payne is the coach to begin the year, not to not for the rest of the season, but to at least begin the year. So I think he's leaving himself a little bit of wiggle room because you're right. I mean, Virginia, Miami, NC State, North Carolina, Duke, Virginia, Clemson, like those are seven top 50 teams. We've, I don't, and on Ken Palm, however you want to look at it, net rankings, I don't, have we beaten a team in the top 150 yet, 200? So, I mean, those are going to be seven of, of the hardest games we've played. So it, it could get ugly really quickly. Yeah. And I, you know, it's going to be really interesting to see if they can prevent that from happening. You do hopefully get Dennis Evans back. Hopefully you get JJ trainer back. Maybe that means your team changes a little bit. If you can kind of get the pieces together and start to cohesively play a little bit more sound basketball, maybe they do sneak some of these wins. Maybe it's Pittsburgh and then it's NC state. And then, you know, you steal a North Carolina or you steal that second game at home against Virginia. Maybe you upset Clemson. Maybe you can get some positive momentum, but a lot like the Bears and Cardinals this weekend, Louisville fans are like, my God, please don't win enough to keep Kenny Payne, right? <laughs> like that's the goal for most. If I know people honestly will cheer for their teams and do their thing, Jake, but like most fans in the back of their head are saying, my God, Kenny, just lose like as many as you can, please. So there's no chance. Yeah, we talked about that, er- that early on. We wanted either eight wins and we know Kenny Payne's not the guy we move on or we want a tournament. We want a yeah. tournament team. We don't want 15 wins because then that leaves a small portion of the fan base being like, well, what about a third year? He he tripled his wins, all that. I I, I do not want that at all. So if we could t- turn this thing around, make it to the tournament, amazing. 
do not think that will happen whatsoever. But yeah, that's that's definitely fear in the back of my mind watching these games. But I'll always cheer. I'll always want us to win no matter what. I just it's the sick puppy that I am. I and I will tell you, man, I still believe in my head just about every game that Louisville's gonna win. Like, you know, ultimately oh. it depends on where my bets end, end up falling on if I believe <laughs> that for sure. Mm-hmm. But like I'm I'm an optimistic fan every time Louisville plays. I am the clown meme. Like I mm-hmm. will show up, I will go to the game probably against Pittsburgh. I will continue to watch because I I am addicted to it. Like I hate watch it at this point, but I mm-hmm. can't stop, man. I can't stop. So here's what I'll say: if you have if you're listening to this and you're still and you're not watching the games, it's very unlikely that 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 combination mix. Give me your tips on what to do, what you're doing to <laughs> prevent yourself from watching, because my wife would probably like a lot less angrier version of myself after Louisville games. So maybe I can pick up a hobby or something this year, Jake. <laughs> oh, my we'll girlfriend see. literally. We watch every game and I'm just pissed as can be. And she's like, why do you do this? And I'm like, I don't know. I can't stop. I'm, yeah, I'm just addicted. Like, it doesn't matter. I'm going to be there through it all. I'll watch every single game and then I'll talk about it the very next day and be upset. But I'm a ride or die, man. I mean, that's it'll 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 get better. It'll eventually get better. I keep telling myself that. Yes, I believe that uh, Louisville's day is coming, uh, that Louisville will be back Undertaker style, the the hand through the dirt. Like we are, we are not going down without a fight, uh, but uh, we'll see, man. It's going to be an interesting couple of weeks. We will stop taking up your, your ear space and we will get out of here. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Thank you all for uh, specifically Jake. Thanks for letting me jump in here and talk some basketball with you. Uh, shout out to our guy, Presley. Hopefully he gets to feeling better soon, uh, but he will be back. Jake will be back as the season um, crawls along. I don't know. Maybe you all will be talking about something else by the time the year ends. But Jay Cook, Jacob Laneworth, let's get out of here. Starting 502 Podcast, State of Louisville Podcast Network. Good night, folks. And go Karts. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.